Hello, and welcome to Bruce World, How I See Things. If you haven't guessed it, I'm Bruce, Bruce Handler. And with each episode, I plan to discuss a thought-provoking topic and, of course, share my point of view. To talk about humans and the interesting things we do, maybe teach you a thing or two, share some facts that are really true, and make you laugh at least once before I'm through. Hello, and welcome to my very first podcast entitled, Who Am I? and Possible Topics for my new show. A quick note about my intro music. It's something that I just randomly came across, really like this sound, only to find out it's actually called This Much I Know. And that couldn't be any more perfect, given the subtitle and purpose of my podcast. So who am I and what am I doing here? Well, in addition to being Bruce 24-7 and being almost six decades old, I'm a father of two grown children in their 20s and a husband of one grown woman named Mary, whose age seems to vary depending on the day and who's asking. I'll tell you that I'm doing my best to stay married since this is my second time around, although I do worry a bit when Mary gets a little upset and then asks me if the life insurance is fully paid up. We're empty nesters when it comes to kids, but we do have a sweet rescue dog named Pippi, who recently turned 11. She looks like a hound, and when on walk, she will do her best to sniff out anything to eat, no matter how disgusting it may be, like a dead rotting squirrel or goose poop. So where do I come from? I grew up on the north side of the Windy City of Chicago, and I've lived in and around the city all but one full year of my life. Now I'm living in a quiet northern suburb of Chicago that's fairly close to Lake Michigan. It's peaceful, and I like it, but there are some things about this city that I really miss. In particular, the great variety of quality and unique restaurants, the numerous performance arts venues, and then walking everywhere because so many things are close by. Now, because I will admit I'm quite terrified of rats, what I don't miss is having to throw out the garbage and running into a rat as they go scurrying around the garbage cans or seeing one run right in front of me at night while taking the dog for a walk. I also don't miss the fear of being mugged during the evening or even during the day, despite living in a rather nice neighborhood. So what about my educational background? Well, despite my best efforts to avoid going to college, when my parents gave me the ultimatum at the age of 17 of either working full-time or going to school, I picked school. And I thought I picked well, choosing to go to Arizona State, mainly to enjoy the warm weather. Except I had no idea until I got there what warm really was until experiencing an endless number of 100-plus degree days. I lasted a year before heading back to the Chicago area, and more importantly, I did manage to graduate. After changing colleges three times, majors four times, and attending a number of summer sessions. I have a bachelor's and a master's degree in human resources. At least, that's what it would be called today. Back then, it was called personnel and labor relations. And although I did very well in college, it was anything but easy. It took a lot of hard work, and there was little time for any fun because I am not a naturally smart person. And yes, I did just admit that. I was tested when I was young, and I have just an average IQ, which is actually not too far off from my average golf score for 18 holes. I literally had to read books in my class notes at least six times in order to be able to retain what I read 
not just because I had an average IQ, but I also had multiple learning disabilities. Speaking of which, back in eighth grade, I had such an amazing and caring teacher who, because of my various challenges, actually said I was not likely to make it into a so-called normal high school, and she doubted I would ever go to college. Of course, I didn't realize it at the time, but this turned out to be a major motivator for me to later apply myself and try harder in school. On the other hand, I may not be a naturally intelligent person, but from a young age, starting in my late teens, people I met would say that I seemed to have an old soul and was wise beyond my years. And no, it wasn't only my mother or father telling me that. And as I became a young adult, people started to seek me out for advice to help them with their problems. And okay, some were small problems, like helping someone figure out if they should take a trip to Cancun or Jamaica, or should they hit a seven or a six iron into the green given the wind, or advising a friend if he should force himself to eat sushi just to impress a girl that he liked. But others were more serious and about ending a relationship, getting engaged, quitting a job, or dealing with a mean boss, how to parent difficult kids, how to deal with all kinds of stress. And as I got older, those that knew me well would say I developed a fairly high EQ. And no, it wasn't only my mother or father telling me that. By the way, EQ stands for emotional intelligence. And that's the ability to understand people and what motivates them to have empathy, and the desire to help and guide others. Rumor has it, I also have a fairly decent amount of common sense and rational thought, and then I could be pretty perceptive. But like I said, it's just rumor. What about my career? So I've worked as a human resources professional for over three decades, and I have to say I've experienced several quite interesting and strange behaviors and situations. Definitely enough to write a book about which I may just do one day. At times, as part of my current job, I investigate employee complaints, and to some extent, it's like being a bit of a detective. You need to find and gather the facts, figure out which witnesses to talk to in order to get to the truth as best you can, because you want to determine if the evidence is there to support an allegation or not. And you learn a lot about people when you interview them. And you also realize that people can experience and see the same things so differently. Ten people could be at the same meeting and you can end up with ten different perspectives about what they think happened. So it could be quite a challenge, a puzzle at times, to figure out what actually did happen. I have a number of certifications related to my profession, but I will not bore you or me by listing them all out. However, I do want to mention one. So in recent years, I became a certified professional coach so that I can work with people to help them achieve their goals by being a guide and steering them in a way that can lead to changing how they choose to think, feel, and act. And by the way, that is the order in which lasting change will occur. So I'm qualified to coach people in pretty much anything from helping executives to become more effective executives, although I have to say that a lot of executives don't think they need any help becoming more effective executives, to helping someone to lose weight, get more organized, build confidence, find a life partner, determine if they should make a career change. Now to switch topics a bit and talk about religion, what? Religion. 
um, since it's an important part of who people are and who I am. But for me, it's not in the typical ways that one may think when it comes to such a topic. It's a little bit complicated. I'm Jewish, but I've never been religious, although I was a traditionalist and did enjoy celebrating the Jewish holidays with my family until both of my parents, David and Shirley, passed away. They were married for 67 years and both died when they were 90. Now, although I grew up in a Greek and Jewish neighborhood, I never expected to become Greek as well as Jewish. You see, I converted to Greek Orthodoxy when I was 30 so that my first wife and I could get married in a Greek Orthodox church and appease her family. But in addition to being Jewish and Greek Orthodox, I'm an agnostic, although I lean towards atheism more often than not, unless I have a really bad stomach ache and then I start praying to any and all gods to make the pain go away. So although I'm not into organized or unorganized religion, if you happen to believe in God and go to church or a mosque or synagogue and to worship and pray, I can't say I understand it, more on that in a moment, but as long as you don't try to force your religious views on me, I'm cool. Now I do have to say that there have been thousands of gods that people have worshipped throughout history, which I find interesting because everyone who worshipped these gods believed theirs was the only real god. I also find it interesting that there are so many flavors of the same religion within religions like Judaism and Christianity, and yet they all think theirs is the right one. So definitely a topic for another day. Switching gears to another important topic, I think this is a good time to point out that I generally don't get my main views or my main news, facts, or data from social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. So call me crazy, but I generally rely on multiple sources of mainstream media. And I will listen to more mainstream podcasts and watch select YouTube videos of well-known and respected experts in their field. So no, I'm not getting my news from some guy on Facebook named Lucifer, who lives in some remote shack with his pit bull named Killer, has more semi-automatic weapons than books, has enough cigarettes, pickled eggs, and mac and cheese and beer to last 10 years, and who believes there were 18 other COVIDs before COVID-19, and who also lives in fear that Bill Gates will sneak up on him one day and inject him with a GPS tracker and mind control device. Nor do I spend much time following Fox News, Newsmax, or Breitbart, except when I want a good laugh and to get caught up on the latest conspiracy theories. I gather facts that are supported by data from multiple established and credible sources. I also believe in this strange thing called science, logic, and rational thought versus ridiculous conspiracy theories. Although I do have one conspiracy theory about those who believe in conspiracy theories. Again, a topic for another day. And this makes for a nice segue into my political views. Basically, I am not a fan of any politician because to be one, you cannot be your true self and share how you really feel about a variety of topics. You can't be genuine. So imagine what kind of person would be attracted to such a profession. Now, I describe myself simply as a moderately moderate Democrat. And by the way, I don't believe that all Republicans and their ideas or policies are bad. And to say 
I'm not a fan of the extreme left or right is an understatement. What saddens and scares me the most is the fact that so many Republicans, however, have seemed to have lost their way in recent years, and in particular, certain rabid Trump supporters. These are the individuals who no longer believe that what you see in front of your face is the truth, that two and two is four, that water is wet, that the sky is blue, the grass is green, because they have so deeply buried their heads, their ability to reason, their morals and values, so far down in the sand that they wouldn't know the truth or a fact if they fell over them. And I'm also disappointed in the growing number of extreme liberals who've gotten so caught up into thinking they're in charge of deciding for all of us what's right and wrong, and that only they get to determine what speech should be free. Now, before I go any further, I should point out that I've always had a bad memory, even when I was just a kid. So if I repeat some things over time, please forgive me. In addition to what I've shared so far, what I think might tell you the most about me is telling you what I do and don't like. Let's start with the don't likes. (laughs) In addition to eating beets. I don't care for people who are selfish, whose favorite word is me or my. And I call these people adults who act like children, who think the sun revolves around them, and they have an entitlement mentality. It's all about my rights, my life, my way, my space, my stuff. When do I get mine? And they act like they don't exist among other human beings, or live in a society, or are part of a community, or that you need to do what's in the best interest of the greater good, and not just care about yourself. I don't like people who will say or do anything to get ahead and think it's okay to step on others to do so. I don't care for people who are mean-spirited and don't treat others with respect, or respect the law, authority, elders, teachers, parents, their employees, neighbors, and I can go on. And I don't respect anyone who can't admit to making mistakes or having faults or people who can't take any constructive feedback and those who take no accountability for their actions or inactions. Instead, blame everyone else for their lot in life, their boss, their company, the government, God, spouse, parents, people who are different than they are. I refer to these people as having a victim mentality. I also have such incredible anger and disdain for people who drive while under the influence and destroy other people's lives by crashing into and severely injuring or killing pedestrians or occupants of other vehicles and then act like cowards and will leave the scene of the accident. And I have absolutely no tolerance for swindlers or con men or women, people who have no morals or scruples and take advantage of others, even their closest friends or family members, for their own profits. No matter if it'll ruin people's lives by taking their entire life savings, their very last nickel. But most of all, I really can't stomach two particular types of people. Number one are haters. Those who hate others simply because they're different from them. And two, people who are violent towards others. By the way, they usually happen to be haters. And they don't value the sanctity of human life and who are so evil They'll snuff out a life simply because someone took what they believed was their parking space or they looked at them funny or just because they were a different religion or color or because someone didn't get the cash out of the cash register fast enough when they were being held up in a convenience store. What do I like? Let's start with assuming the opposite of everything I don't like. And I like those who try to make peace and not war. 
those who try and bring people together and not pit us against each other, those who are willing to share their expertise and experience and teach others. I like self-deprecating humor and not taking yourself too seriously and having empathy and parents who are more interested in their kids' happiness and mental health than their grades or what college they must get into. And I appreciate people who are self-aware and people who choose to be kind and giving to others less fortunate than them. What makes me most happy is when people closest to me are happy. And if I was able to contribute to their happiness, all the better. I believe in doing the right thing, and that's something you just know when you see it. And what's more important than ethics and integrity? Yet sadly, these traits are, in my view, on the most endangered list of traits. And I fear that over time, they may become extinct. Personally, on the lighter side of things, I love great tasting and flavorful food. And I am a lucky person because my wife is an amazing cook. I also love to travel to warm destinations, in particular the islands in the Caribbean, or go to amazingly beautiful places like the Canadian or Colorado Rockies or Big Sky Montana. On a day-to-day basis, I like riding my electric bicycle, walking my dog, learning how to golf again, playing golf with my wife, who's learning the game for the first time, and I think she's become addicted to it, watching a good drama, suspense film, or comedy, listening to music, which I do for hours every day, from hard rock to folk to easy listening and jazz, and reading about how to better myself, or losing myself in works of fiction like a thriller or police procedural. And I do like YouTube videos on golf, reality police shows that take place in the United Kingdom, competitive eating, experts who teach you things about living a better life, and tornadoes. I am incredibly fascinated by tornadoes and cannot wait to take a tornado chaser tour sometime in the future. I also enjoy podcasts that either make me laugh or think or teach me something, and I enjoy trying new things, saying yes. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how much I absolutely love riding my motorcycle. There's something that's very peaceful and zen about it. And I'm one of those people who chooses to wear a helmet. And I cover myself from head to toe in top quality safety gear because, as I mentioned, I have common sense. And that it's more important to live, not just for myself, but for my family. And to avoid things like brain damage and having my skin ripped off my body than to take unnecessary or foolish risks in order to look or feel cool. I know riding a motorcycle can be dangerous, but I've never had a motorcycle accident. On the other hand, you can get hurt doing anything. I've had three bicycle accidents and wound up in the hospital multiple times, almost dying once due to a collapsed lung. And yes, I wear a bike helmet, a very good bike helmet. And a doctor told me that it saved my life. So life is full of risks, but you can minimize them and still enjoy your life. Let me now take a breath and lean more into what I'm doing here when it comes to podcasting. I'm quite interested in human behavior. In fact, I am very curious and I like to people watch and I want to know everything about people. What are they really thinking and feeling? And I'm interested in how people act and why they act the way they do. Sometimes I think I should have become a therapist 
although as a coach, I do get to know people and their inner thoughts and feelings quite well. I'm here to share my realist perspectives about important and sometimes silly issues, including things in life that can drive me nuts. And I also want to provide you with some fun and interesting facts, try to make you laugh now and then. And I want to challenge assumptions that we all make and try to influence the way people think and behave, even if it's just a tiny bit. I clearly have opinions on a variety of topics, and my outlet to share those views has been to write letters to the editor at various newspapers and an occasional magazine. And I've had a fair number that have been published since I first started writing them around 2001. But in addition to continuing to write letters to the editor, I've been encouraged to start a podcast so that I can decide what gets published and not rely on others to decide when my views may be heard. I've also had a dream to be on the radio, and to me, this is the next best thing to being there. And if anyone listening to this wants to put me on the radio, feel free to contact me at any time. If you do choose to listen to my podcast, you will definitely find I can have an unusual sense of humor that could be difficult at times to understand. But I hope you'll catch on to it and enjoy my biting satire. And did I mention I have a bad memory? At first, you'll just hear me on my podcast, and I'll cover one topic per episode, and then in the future, I plan on having guests that run the gamut from friends and family to the person on the street to various subject matter experts. And who's my target audience? It's made up of people who don't think they already know everything, who have open minds and enjoy learning and laughing and listening. It's like the three R's, but it's the three L's. I've come up with a long list of topics that I want to talk about, and we'll also cover topics on the latest issues of the day. But the hardest decision I've had to make about my podcast so far is to figure out what should I pick for my very first topic. And it can be maddening when there's so many things that I do want to talk about. So which of the following topics should I pick as my first topic? Here's some that I thought about. How about political correctness, which has now become anything but correct, or tribal mentality versus individual thought, or leaders and lemmings, and let's not be sheepish about it, or dating, and when people don't understand why they can't get a second date, even when they spent the entire date not asking you one question because they just wanted to talk about themselves and take about 100 pictures for their Instagram site, or what about ghosting and just not getting the hint that someone maybe isn't interested in you after a first date after you've sent them 20 texts, called five times, and you've gotten no response? Or do I talk about how to have instant confidence just by changing your posture? Or parents who don't understand why their kids are so into the way they look, yet when asked to describe their kids, how often do you hear a parent say something like, I have three beautiful or gorgeous children? Or should I discuss politics and comedy and how to tell the difference between the two, even when it may be difficult to do so? or social media and how it's made us more antisocial than the coronavirus, or about dog owners who don't pick up their dog's poop and raise a stink about it if they get caught, or should I talk about Trump's future autobiography, which is projected to be on the New York Times bestseller list for works of fiction, or chiropractic medicine, the unusual way that it came about, and what about it cracks me up, or marriage and why the younger generation is staying single so long, 
I don't know, maybe it's because they have dozens and dozens of criteria for a marriage partner, yet they swipe right or left in a nanosecond and are willing to go out on a date solely based on a person's looks. Or expectations, the key to a more stress-free and peaceful life. Or the extreme left in their cancel culture and why I think the only thing they should cancel is themselves. Or why you should think twice before getting a puppy or marrying a model or marrying a model that wants a puppy. Or here's something radical. What about requiring every American to be fingerprinted and to give a DNA sample? Well, I just looked at the clock and it appears as though I've run out of time. So you'll have to wait for my next episode and I hope you will to listen to my first topic, assuming I can figure that out soon. I'm leaning towards one which is why the earth is actually round, even though there are well-educated people who actually believe all globes should be shaped like potato pancakes, and why their argument for a flat earth actually falls quite round. So thanks for stopping by, and thanks for listening, if you're still awake. I hope you were entertained, maybe learned something new, smiled a time or two, and here's to having at least an okay day. And if you don't, that you have what it takes to make it through. This is Bruce from Bruce World, the way I see things. And I hope you'll join me for my next episode. 